Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Born to be Resilient show with Aisha. Today's topic is resilience and spirituality. For those of you who don't know me, I am a transformational coach. I help professionals becoming resilient by sharing a simple understanding of where their emotional experience come from. And as a result, their whole life experience transforms on spiritual, mental and physical level. And because I'm very passionate about this understanding, I partner with guest speakers globally who are equally passionate about either resilience or different areas of resilience. This is why every week we discuss different topics that cover resilience because if you have followed me, you know that I share that we are always resilient. And that includes the time when we think that we are not being very resilient in the moment. So, and if you're new, who you know, you're more than welcome to follow my work. I usually leave the um, social media contact details that you can follow. You can you can follow my work on YouTube or my Facebook page, or even on um, if you like listening. I have a podcast channel as well, and I update these. Um, weekly um, you know audio files on my podcast channel as well but the thing about resilience is that it covers each and every area of our being and when you start seeing life from a spiritual perspective your whole life transforms you start building thriving relationship whether in your personal life or on your professional life but today's topic i'm very passionate about today's topic and i know i i say this for every each and every topic but today's topic is actually it's it's a lot more based on spirituality from islamic perspective right our deen is a standalone entity it has nothing to do with what people think perceive so the things that are decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are true. And whether we believe in them, whether we like them or not, this is the whole truth. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when you follow the deen, don't pick and choose, don't cherry pick them. Because either you're following everything or you know, or, or you're not, and we can't really innovate things in, in deen and 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 this is one of the biggest sins, and it's bid'ah, right? So spirituality, when we are talking about spirituality, the thing that we are going to discuss today is Rukhya and also um, Hijama, which is one of the forgotten sunnahs. What is Rukhya? And when do you need to have Rukhya? And um, what is Hijama? So a lot of these things, people especially who live in western world it might be new to them even for for muslims um i mean i alhamdulillah was a born muslim but for many years i didn't know what hijama was and may allah forgive me for my ignorance but when i came across hijama subhanallah the benefits that you have as a result of having hijama on you know physical level spiritual level they're amazing so today's guest speaker will talk about that and i also want to invite you if you disagree to something i mean we are all entitled to have our opinions this is why i said that our opinions have nothing to do with the the religion the deen that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has um 
sent down so if you disagree with something if it's based on your personal opinion then that's fine everybody is entitled to have them but if there is something that you strongly feel about that actually this does not seem islamic at all then i invite you if you are disagreeing um and that's okay because we all can make mistakes so what i invite you to do is find a, a reference based on uh, quranic verses or you can find a reference um, based on a hadith sahih bukhari or sahih muslim hadith and leave references below and educate ourselves as well as those who are listening or watching so you can educate everyone right and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, loves those who educate people and prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the person who actually shares the knowledge and person who either initiate sharing the knowledge process or someone who would simply just share this video they both will get equal reward so if you come across something that you think okay this seems little bit doubtful and i have a better reference then i invite you instead of being a critic um help us and share your knowledge and your expertise as well i'm not an expert in rukia i'm not an expert in hijama uh, i'm a transformational coach but my guest speaker today is an expert so sister gulzaman sister gulzaman is certified hijama and holistic practitioner she's also a tutor she's a spiritual life coach and she is quran and sunna rukia advisor So please join me welcoming Sister Gulzaman. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Thank you so much for joining us today Gul. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah I'm doing good. Thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity. Oh you are most welcome and you know what I'm really excited about today's topic because there's so many things that I don't know. about rukia and hijama and i was sharing with you know as you may have heard with with uh, listeners and viewers that hijama is subhanallah one of the forgotten sunnas so what i would like uh, you to explain a little bit about your story how did your own spiritual journey started and uh, what helped you becoming who you are today well subhanallah on a very honest note honesty is the best policy hmm. i actually personally 20 years back i was i i fell ill i went to the doctors i had all my medical checks done up and nothing was making sense everything was clear but my health was continuously deteriorating hmm. there was a change of mindset there was a change of how i was feeling how i was interacting with everyone the smoothness of my tone had gone hmm. my heart feeling cold it was difficult just being a wife and a mother and mm. just have everyday routine within 10 years time i deteriorated to an extent i ended up on a wheelchair wow then um i approached rukia so in the prior 10 years i was continuously reciting um reading the quran reading surah baqarah reading surah yasin whatever i was told and whatever i knew of best that was permissible i was doing that continuously but within 10 years situation deteriorated really badly health and mm. my health deteriorated and my um mental state deteriorated 
and not just that there was paranormal activities in the house what in the beginning slowly slowly over the years started increasing first i assumed i i was imagining things to happen and i started believing that it was my imagination mm. i believed in my imagination for anywhere up till 5 years and then after that it was like no this is not an imagination because then there were other people that were also seeing what i was calling an imagination mm. then the truth hit home and it was okay there is some sort of a spiritual issue that needs attention mm. that's when i okay yeah. i went under rukia i was struck very heavily with um hasad mm. magic evil mm. eye i had a complex case mm. alhamdulillah with the will of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the beginning it was difficult um to be able to um put myself in a steady routine of rukia due to my health issues mm. but as time went on within about 18 months alhamdulillah um allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me shifa mm. i became much better my life turned around I got out of the wheelchair. I became very healthy. I was someone who started going to the gym. And wallahi Allah is my witness. The medication that I used was the Quran. Mm. It healed me. It was slow and steady the more I understood, the more I read, the more I humbled myself, the more my health became better. The more the paranormal activity started going down. Then sister from there onwards because I had had a very deep insight from mm. my own journey and i knew so many people around that were struggling but weren't getting the answers mm. then at the time where i was under treatment they encouraged me that why don't i step into the field or look into it mm. so i can go out approach and help sisters so that's where my quest started from subhanallah so hijama into it mm. because i was um it's coincided with rukia hijama mm. treatment that's coincided that's mm. when i first approached hijama mm. um and i reached a lot of benefit from it to be very honest with you so yeah alhamdulillah that's how i became who i am subhanallah so many things and i was actually having goosebumps when you were sharing because then first of all what i'm wondering is because as as i said earlier i i knew what rukia was but i actually don't know exactly what it entails but the thing is you didn't start away started approaching and thinking and labeling yourself and saying that I'm having seen these things and these things are actually not there you actually went through a journey for as long as 10 years and you you went to see healing for your body and i'm guessing you probably would have gone and seen doctors in the uk you know seeing your support from on on your you know physical level trying to find out the answers before you actually approach um the spirituality roots and and end of the day all the shifa and everything comes down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even when we go see doctors doctors are prescribing us medication medicine is not what heals us it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who heals us and these things are sources so i'm wondering what caused you i mean did someone around you guided you to go and seek that support to rukia Well actually I actually come from a Pakistani background due mm. to coming from a Pakistani background in the Pak- Pakistan Bengal these areas um straight away things are thrown towards magic mm. so as I started deteriorating I was being told continuously somebody has done magic somebody has done magic but I overlooked that because it was something that as growing up you hear you fall 
or a car has an accident, they'll say, Nazar, it's magic, it's the evil eye. They won't even turn to any other avenues. And then after that, it's like, wear an amulet and you will feel better. Mm. So it was at the back of my head um, that I was being continuously told because when I say paranormal activities, I mean extreme paranormal activities were happening that had no answer to them whatsoever. Um, I would open my door and there would be large bones at the entrance of the door, blocking the door. Now, even from a meat shop, you cannot find these sort of bones that will block a full entrance, subhanAllah, to all things. Um, things were appearing of that nature. So due to the signs that were coming forward, I would get up, the house would have blood on it. When I would get up, my carpet would be teared. My curtains, now this is thick material, would be teared. So it was continuously being told by family members they were saying this is spiritual because the signs were of such. But it was just myself. I was like, okay, even if it is spiritual from the Quran, to what I had knowledge at the time, is I need to recite upon myself and inshallah everything will go better. Sure. Um, and I had that strong belief within myself. But as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written everyone's quest and test different to one another because we all find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within our own journey of the yes. tests that we go through. Most likely, I believe I had to be tested more harshly to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. SubhanAllah. And one thing I would want to actually add, because obviously when we say background from Indo-Pak, and you know, there are a lot of cultural things and people add them and label them as religious practices. So hopefully, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, always, you know, I pray that Allah keeps us on a, on a straight path and, and help us from not adding any kind of bidah in, in the deen, which is why this thing is so sensitive and we, one has to be very careful for sharing things from purely Quranic and, you know, uh, you know, from Sunnah perspective. And, and, and I know we were having a very interesting discussion before we even started this interview and you had the similar views that, you know, people can be a bit sensitive about this topic. So, and yeah, I would love for you to sort of educate us based on Quranic and, you know, from Sunnah perspective, what is Rukia and why, when, uh, you know, when someone should go and seek Rukia. What are the signs? Rukia is seeking Shifa purely from Quran and Sunnah. Mm. Rukia is Rukia is the actual best prescribed prescription mm. um, in Quran and Sunnah for spiritual issues. Mm. When we say spiritual issues, we are talking about black magic, mm. evil eye, possession, mm. alongside equally temperature depression, suicidal thoughts. Mm. So these type of soul attacking issues is what Rukia is prescribed in Sunnah for. Mm. Um, the Prophet, um, peace be upon him, he was struck by black magic. There is clear evidence of that in Quran and Sunnah. Yes. That he was struck. So this is something that has happened to him and he has gone through that quest. Yes. It is something that the believer is tested by just as if they are dis- tested by their children exactly. or they're tested by um, depression, hunger. They are also, they will be tested by um, such spiritual issues as well. Mm. Rukia is actually, you go to the doctor, mm. equally you should go and spiritually heal yourself. Mm. It's a form of healing in Dibwe Nabwe. Mm. In the medicine of the Prophet, Rukia is a prescription for spiritual issues. It's very simple. You just have to 
turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Mm-hmm. She finds something that is only placed from Allah and it will come to you at your designated time. Mm-hmm. Rukia is not something that you will make dua once and you will get better. We have reports of Prophet mm-hmm. where he is upon him, um, where he would continuously recite and blow upon himself. Mm-hmm. Il- approached him, he recited and blew upon himself. Mm. Um, when spiritual illness approached him, he recited and blew upon himself. He mm. was spiritually um, attacked for one full year. The best man who walked this earth was free of any sin. Mm. And there has been no creation of such that will be created till the day of judgment. Had to also go through his designated test of a year. So it's not that one time you're going to recite a ruqya and you will get better. It needs persistence. Mm-hmm. Iman is something that will go high and low. It exactly. puts you in practice. So ruqya is reciting du'as upon yourself that are permissible from Quran and Sunnah and reciting particular verses from the Quran upon yourself. It's more actually to do with um, du'as that you recite. Ruqya is a du'a that you make to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can do this by yourself or you can get somebody else to do it. Like Aisha anhu, when the Prophet was ill, she recited and she blew on him because he was not able to do it himself. The Sahaba recited and blown on others. So it's a sunnah to do it yourself. And if you fall more ill, then you approach someone else who will do it upon you. Exactly. And you know, as as being Muslims, you know, we are invited to always seek protection from evil eye because Prophet did say that evil eye is real, you know, it's 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 harmful. So we seek protection, you know, we do our quls, we do you know, we recite Ayatul Kursi, we recite things from Quran with with this firm belief and faith that end of the day the protection is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you know, going back to what you said earlier, that it's okay to go and seek for help because end of the day, the the shifa is coming from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And you know, you're reminding me of um, story of Prophet Musa when he became quite ill. You know, he went to um, you know he he spoke to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and Allah asked him that Oh Musa, go to such place, and there's a tree, and you take some herbs from that tree. So Musa Islam, he did the same thing and he, he found healing. So a few days later, Musa, may Allah be pleased with him, he became ill again. And he thought in his head that instead of going and speaking to Allah for the same issue, I'm just going to go to that tree and I'm going to use the same herbs that I tried before. Lo and behold, second time when he did, when he went there and used those you know, um, herbs, he didn't find healing. So he went back to his, um, you know, to to tour and and asked Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that what happened this time. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala said, spoke to Musa and he said that, do you think that you found healing from that tree? The healing came from me. You went directly and you 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 thought that you know that tree would give you healing. So end of the day, no matter what source we go to, through, the healing, the shifa comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and resilience inside us which is innate wisdom it tells us when to take an action when you should go and 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 sort of seek support whether it's your emotional issue or you know your your spiritual issue and I also because I know you were saying that earlier uh, before our um, interview that sometimes people don't really have spiritual issues it's the mental health issues or they think things that have happened with them long time ago. Would you like to share that? 
You see, when people come for Rukia, mm. some of the time what will happen is people will generally come for Quran and Sunnah treatment. Yeah. But other times what will happen is that this is human nature. When you become desperate, you will approach any mean. Mm. At that time, like the first and foremost mean is to approach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. But coming from a human nature, when it hits weakness, one will try to knock on every door and see where they can get that healing from. Mm. Now, it's not possible um, to go ahead and find healing like that. But due to such mental states, people are in an illness. They've been in that illness for a very long time mm. and they want answers. Mm. Doctors, they've come back and they've not really found an answer. Mm. They have even had scans done mm. or they've got an illness that will continuously reoccur, reoccur, mm. but it will have no answer to it. Mm. What will happen is that they will start believing over the time that yes, this is 110% something to do with spiritual issues. Mm. They will then come to a healer and if someone is to come to me mm. and I recite upon them, mm. it will be clear mm. because it's not just recitation. Mm. You have to connect to a person. Mm. You have understand what's going on with them. Mm. Um, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he did not find out straight away that he had magic. Mm. It wasn't that the day the magic was done on him, he woke up and he realized he has magic. No, that's not how it happened. Aisha mm. had to point it out to him mm. that what is the reason that you are not seeing to all your wives equally? Mm. Because he was missing, he was forgetting. Mm. Not just that, also his salah, his salah was, he was not being able to corroborate his salah properly. So he would be reciting what was not supposed to be recited in whichever action. So first thing was, Aisha anhu, she pointed it out. And then the Prophet be upon him, he acknowledged, yes, I have an issue. So acknowledgement is something that's really important. When people come, they will come with a mindset that yes, it's stuck there. I do have a spiritual issue. And I'm not saying that they don't they do have a spiritual issue, but it's a very small aspect of their problem. The spiritual issue out of 100 just might be 20% that needs simple treatments mm. towards guidance out of sunnah. They just have to follow them guidelines and inshallah, Allah will give them shifa. Mm. The bigger issue will be that they have psychological issues. Mm. They have untangled issues. For example, someone will come and as from their childhood, they have felt neglect. Mm. Due to being neglected, they will carry particular behavior throughout their life. What is not from norm. Mm. Or maybe someone has been abused in a sexual manner mm. or in a physical manner or in a verbal manner to such an extent that has made them hurt. And they have now developed a different personality because they're holding that grudge inside them. Mm. They're not letting themselves free. They will, also, they will display particular behaviors that are of anger. Mm. We understand then that anger is from the shaitan. Mm. Okay, but what is anticipating that anger? Let's speak about that. So what will happen is that their history will come out. Mm. They will relate their whole story. And then you have to separate it out. Like I have recently had a case that came to me. There were spiritual issues involved. They actually came for a spiritual issue. Mm. And yes, of course, there was a spiritual issue. But there was... It was between a husband and wife, mm. but their domestic issue was a lot more bigger than their spiritual issue. Mm. 
um, so it needed to be separated. So they were advised to go back and put efforts in from Quran and Sunnah towards the domestic life. And then later we will look into the spiritual side. So yes, it does happen. People come to us um, when, you're, when you're a practitioner who knows exactly what you're doing, you will carefully diagnose the person. You will look into the whole matter and you will see what the issues are. And wallahi, um, 50% of the times, I am not saying that there isn't a spiritual issue, but the spiritual issue is just like a headache. It's not what has actually overcome their whole body. It's their lifestyle at times, their way of thinking at times, mm. or the grudges and the anger they've carried inside them, they've not been able to untangle it. That can become something that has changed their personality and it's actually got nothing to do with the spiritual issue. The spiritual issue is just making them lethargic mm. or dizzy or not being able to cooperate in cooking or driving, for example. Mm. But it's not got anything to do with everything else that they're blaming the spiritual issue on. That is a separate case. Okay, yeah, 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 that's fine. Thank you so much. And, you know, we can't really blame everything on evil eye and on, on magic or black magic. And... Responsibility. It's such a taboo. This is why I call it a taboo topic mm. because it's easy. Whatever you cannot resolve, you will pick it up and throw it towards the devil. And it's not just with this topic, sis. I find this with a lot of coaching clients as well. Blame is one of the biggest reasons that prevent us from moving forward in life. If you, but the moment you start using blame, it's like a coat hanger. You just hang all your responsibilities and that's it. Wash your hands off. But the moment, yes, I totally agree. Yeah, but the moment you take responsibility, that then that things start becoming a lot easier. Lot but anyways, yeah. And I am also wondering about the sign of evil eye and what one should look out for and how, you know, we can prevent ourselves against that. Okay, alhamdulillah, that's a really good question. This is something that needs to be widely spread and understood. Hmm. Um, evil eye, one third of the ummah is in the grave due to evil eye. Hmm. Um, evil eye travels faster than lightning. Evil eye is real. One man can make another man slip just by the eye. This is a quote from the Quran. Mm. Um, signs of evil eye are something you can easily miss. But if you are vigilant towards yourself, towards your individual well-being, then one will be able to realize you have suddenly started feeling a change in your nature. You've suddenly become angered. But when you think back, there's nothing that's actually made you angered. You have just suddenly become angered. You feel people will suddenly start feeling suicidal. They will suddenly start feeling depressed, lethargic. They will sleep the whole night well. They'll get up in the morning. It's like they have not had a pinch of sleep. Um, you feel heaviness on your head. Your eyes always feel as if though you cannot open them fully. Your color will start going yellow. Um, what will happen is a food change, an intake change can suddenly happen with evil eye. Um, you will either start eating too much and call it comfort eating without any disaster happening, or you will suddenly not want to eat at all. Another thing is uh, a temperature comes up around about Asr time. People suddenly say, as soon as evening approaches, I start feeling very cold to the bone. I start being depressed and down. I start getting emotional. Um, so evil eye has got 
these sort of effects that you can easily mistake that it's growing age or it's teenage blues or it's baby blues when subhanallah it can actually be something as deep and sinister as the evil eye that has stopped your performance what does evil eye do evil eye creates a blockage mm. the correct term is the eye because it's not always evil like may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve you sister and increase you in your knowledge and in everything that you're doing and accept from you mm. now as we are speaking we are naturally growing fond towards one another mm. so we're appreciating one another mm. now whilst we're appreciating one another that means we're growing fond it's mm. like okay I get to know this sister more and I'm having a really good experience with this sister we're actually giving the eye to one another because we're not saying Allah mabarik we're not making mm. dua and that is something very typically every second soul misses to do. I am someone who's trained myself in this and subhanAllah, I still miss in regards of giving dua to the other person. So evil eye can hit you that easily. Any type of an emotion can become, can hit you as evil. You can be looking, it could be the eye of lust, the eye of appreciation and the eye of admiration. Is also it can also hit you as the eye and create blockages in you. You will see the biggest thing of evil eye is that your performance will start falling no matter what field you're in. Like recently, just a couple of months ago, I got struck by the evil eye again. <laughs> but I'm vigilant towards myself. And what was the results of it? I just didn't, I stopped answering the calls of my clients. When I sat back, this carried on for about a good seven months, seven weeks, sorry. And then one of my colleagues picked up the phone and asked me to behave myself and <laughs> tried to look at what's going on. We all need that from time to time. It's honesty is the best policy. And when I thought back, all that had happened is I had mentioned my work line to an individual person who was also in the same work line mm-hmm. and was wanting to actually come into the work line. Right. And this individual person was asking me, what is the routine? Mm-hmm. And I was like, subhanAllah, I didn't actually take a routine. Mm. It just happened for me. And Alhamdulillah, I was blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I was actually supervised through my education from my seniors. So I was act- it's not that I just got up one day and I became a Raqi. It took me time. Yeah. So this individual person then felt that there was no routine, felt mm. let down. So they left uh, venom from their soul. And in return of that, I... Um, stopped working so now the sunnah to it is is that when somebody asks you for their water anybody who's struck by evil eye they feel their performance has gone down they have to just sit down and think when did i start becoming lethargic when did i have this personality change when did i start getting angered whatever has changed in their personality it could be not even the whole of the because sometimes people are good at keeping up appearances but every individual will know that within their ocean, inside them, something has changed. So just sit down vigilantly. Don't run to a healer. There's no need. Allah is sufficient as a healer. Um, he's sufficient as a protector. Just sit down and use your brains and see, where was it that I have suddenly started losing my performance? And then think back to that time and you will, inshallah, with the will of Allah, you will recall that someone has said, wow, looked up to you said something good or looked down at you and said something bad or created some sort of a venom towards you what you then do is that you in this day and time not everybody will appreciate it but the sunnah is from Bukhari 
is that when you get someone's evil eye, you wash with it. The Prophet was accompanying a Sahaba. He came to a particular destination. Now another Sahaba was there to receive them. Um, the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, he was tired, he fell asleep. Um, the Sahabi who was with him, he went under running water to take a bath. Now the Sahaba who was there to receive them, he complimented. Now one Sahaba is complimenting the other companion, saying to him that your skin is as beautiful as a virgin woman. Mm. And what happens is that subhanAllah, like, these, these are the best of creations, we are nowhere near them. So mm. one Sahaba gave an admirational eye to the other. And straight away, he he could not lift his head. He kind of put his head down. Mm. All peace be upon him. And then the Prophet ordered. He asked who has given him the eye. The words were, who wanted to harm their own brother? Mm. The companion raised his hand and he said, I had complimented him like this. Mm. So he was asked to gather his wudu water. So you do your ablution. You gather that water in a tub and then whoever you've given the eye to they put it over the head and then with the will of Allah the evil life of that person will leave your body I'm just wondering sis yeah that's amazing but sometimes you know what if you can't remember and someone who is actually experiencing that then what should they do is it isn't it just saying your pool is enough or just making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against that evil eye or seeking protection beforehand because there's a dua that Prophet Muhammad used to ask to seek protection from you know evil eye as well so what do you think about that see now when you're struck Hmm. then the damage has been done. Hmm. Okay, so we protect ourselves, we give children immunizations so that they can protect themselves from illnesses. Right, yes. They will not be of no use once they are already struck by the illness. Exactly. So let's talk on a very medical point of view because this is also, this, this is Islamic medical point yes. of view that that's what Rukia is. Yes. So that example fits very well. So what you do then is that then you do get Rukia recited upon you mm. if you are to go on the internet don't just go and type in any Rukia go and look for the Rukia for evil eye mm. do research and see who are the men who are the head of the fiqh of Rukia mm. there is a known brother Sheikh Khalid Al-Habshi from Saudi he is the head of the fiqh of Rukia mm-hmm. he, uh, subhanAllah, his work speaks for himself Mm. He has got a lot of audios that are out there and they're all particularly named out. Um, this is for Evil Eye, this is for Black Magic, this is for Risk, this is for Rukia. Mm. Pick the one for Evil Eye, make a niyyah and dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One dua is enough. One dua can be enough for Shifa. Oh yeah. Make sincere dua and then listen to the audio. Mm. Alongside with that, with Rukia, is that you must oil yourself with olive oil. It's a blessed oil. Because Allah in the Quran has taken the oath on the olive, that is sufficient for us yeah, as it's Mu'min. mentioned in the Quran, that's exactly so true. And also wash with water that is recited upon. Mm, and the best rukya is Surah Fatiha. Read it seven times. It's a Sahaba's rukya. Read it seven times and blow it upon yourself. But your shifa is in your niya. Mm. Your shifa is in your niya. So you make solemn niya that. Inshallah, I am going to do this, that I have been told, um, the Sunnah medication, and Allah will give me Shifa. And you believe, because your mindset has 
positive as a mu'min, you must be positive and optimistic. Exactly. SubhanAllah. People do get shifa without any doubt. Oh yes, exactly. And and as as you say, it goes back to the knee. It goes back to your own intention, right? So intention is there. There has been so much research done on this subject of intention. And Western psychology backs this up. That intention is so important. Anything that you are doing, if you add a mindful intention into that, your performance increases. So it it really transforms your life on all levels. And subhanallah, I love this topic, but I, I am aware of the time as well. And quickly before we go, I would like to talk a little bit about hijama as well, because you did say that it complements or it goes hand in hand with, with rukia, not really complements, but it goes hand in hand with that. What is hijama for those who don't know? And I came across hijama a bit later as well. I didn't know it you know, when I was a lot younger, what, what hijama is, and now I know what is hijama, and what are the benefits of uh, doing hijama? SubhanAllah, I gathered so much passion for hijama. I have over 800 students in UK. I work for a leading company as their leading tutor. Hmm. Um, I, it, there is so much shifa in hijama. Hmm. Hijama assists with black magic. It does not take black magic out. Mm. It uh, it assists with it because black magic has effects on you. What are the effects of black magic? You will hallucinate. One of the first things that black magic will make you do is hallucinate. Mm. Things will look to you the way they aren't. Okay? Um, the delil to that is when Moses was in the court of Pharaoh and all the magicians threw their sticks and they turned into snakes. Mm. And at that time, Allah said, Oh Musa, fear not, this is nothing but an illusion. Mm. So we got that and we understand that magic is nothing but an illusion. So that means it psychologically affects you. Mm. So if something going to psychologically affect you, it's going to have, uh, it's going to have a effect on your head. Mm. So when the Prophet was affected so, with Sahar, he yeah. would have his head cupped. Mm. Why the head cupped? Because magic has a psychological effect. Mm. And what a cup does, it tends to rejuvenate the blood. It will bring up the blood to the head. That will bring fresh blood up to the head. Mm. And that will make the head feel fresh. Mm. You'll be able to remember better. Mm. Because the thing with magic is, is that you start becoming forgetful. Mm. You will remember better. The scientific side of it is, is what we do is that we form the body. We make an incision on the body, on the head for example, mm. the blood will come rushing to save that portion of the body to quickly close it. So mm. we've now encouraged fresh blood cells to come to the head where there's already blood cells that are dead mm. in order for it to rejuvenate itself. Just like that hijama is actually cured to the hadith for hijama is it is cured for every illness other than death. It has okay. the same hadith that is equal to black seed. I was gonna say that, yeah. Yeah, I know it's subhanAllah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, hijama, so physical as well as spiritual and, you know, psychological. As well as spiritual. Um, illness, to make it very simple and understandable. Illness in the body, pain in the body is due to the blood not flowing in a balanced manner. Either your blood will start flowing slow, that is due to a poor lifestyle, mm -hmm. that is due to um, your diet, mm. lack of exercise, depression can also make the blood flow slow. So um, 
what hijama does when you have a lack of blood flow mm. or slow blood flow you will become lethargic mm. become very tired because blood carries oxygen mm. so when we place cups in different parts of the body we encourage the blood to rush mm. to that part of the body that way around the whole of the body rejuvenates with oxygen so because mm. prior to that that blood is running slow now because we've made these incisions the body has a natural need to come and save that part so it will start rejuvenating everywhere take blood for example someone has a pain in the shoulder what has happened over there is that they can feel a lump and there's a pain over there and every time they lift their arm up and down they feel it's restricted people will go and they will have scans done then they will go and they'll have steroid injections put in subhanallah the reality of it is what has happened inside the body is that there is a there is a clot of blood that is thick so all we need to do is put a cup on it and make fresh blood come to it in a speed so it can rejuvenate it and break it through and then pain start moving so it works for the whole of the body type you're diabetic you're um you're a heart patient you're anemic high blood pressure low blood pressure so it's safe enough for every any condition physical or spiritual it's a very good um uh, uh what shall we say pain manager yeah and subhanallah there's so much practice done what is hijama hijama is cupping as well right so there's there are a lot of um, olympic um, athletes actually and sportsmen or women who are going through cupping because they can see the benefits on their bodies as well and on their performance as well and subhanallah i'm so aware of time sis i know we <laughs> we have went a lot longer than we originally agreed so thank you so much uh, is there any advice before we leave that you would like to leave to the people who are listening or watching us brothers and sisters no matter what situation you're in do not out of desperation go and take extreme measures of trying to cure yourself always keep in mind that all tests are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and you have to see that time through and during your testing time do not become desperate continuously the best reminder we can give is a reminder to our own selves is to have sabr and patience and be aware of everything what's going on within our own selves give your own self priority don't start deteriorating do not start be- becoming um desperate because all of this takes away the strength of an individual mm-hmm. and as mu'mins we need that strength to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the minute you start feeling that you're feeling desperate and there's no way out don't start running to anyone the only place you need to run to is to your creator and wallahi he will be sufficient for you you just have to turn with full iman subhanallah thank you i learned from life exactly and the best thing that you know and the best and most authentic advice and and i know it, it's it goes for me as well is the one that actually i've been through you know and and the things that i have overcome or still struggling because end of the day even if you are facing the challenge you you can still guide a lot of people through those challenges and sometimes the challenges that we go through they transform us or make us a person that we are today so we can guide other people and you are a living breathing example of that so thank you so much for sharing thank yeah for sharing such a wealth of information and inshallah i'll speak to you later sis sakallah khais assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah
Waalaikumsalam warahmatullahi So there you go guys this was Sister Gulzaman and subhanallah she shared a lot of information and so much of that was new for me as well um if you have any questions um feel free to connect with her and i will ask her to leave her details in the comments below and as sister gulzaman was saying and this goes into very much believing and tapping into your own innate resilience is that when something happens you know when a calamity strikes when we go through tests there are three things we can do and this is what allah subhanahu wa taala you know expect us to do as believers is either if you're going through a test there are some tests that you can't do anything about it right for example death of a loved one all we can do is we can pray for them and we can ask allah to give us sabr there are some things that you know allah subhanahu wa taala expect us to take ownership and find solution and make dua to to him obviously end of the day everything comes from allah subhanahu wa taala and there are other things that allah subhanahu wa taala expect us to take action so if there are some things that you know you have tried your best like sister gulzaman for 10 years she she tried her best she went to you know to see help for her uh, physical illness for her other problems but then there came a point where she actually had to go and seek support from someone else but end of the day we all have this deep innate guidance and wisdom within us and we are all intuitive human beings but the only time we see our own intuition is when we drop excessive thinking when we stop giving meanings to everything that happens to us so rely on your own innate wisdom seek guidance and support from allah subhanahu wa taala and in any case allah always has your back no matter what happens allah subhanahu wa taala says call upon me and i will listen to you and this is a verse in quran allah never says that you know call upon me as being a very good practicing muslim or as being whoever you know only scholars can call or special people can call when allah says call upon me allah says to all human beings that's an invitation to everyone regardless of their belief system regardless of you know their social status or how they look so stop judging yourself and judging others and whatever challenges or situations you are you are facing will make it easy for you and then always pray that you have ease in your life and you distribute and share ease with everything else so On that note I love you and leave you until next time this is Aisha take care assalamu alaikum <laughs>